How many of you know that, that just because uh, life and, and times, and the title of, of the sermon this morning is when life is hard, come on, faith is alive. And, and, and circumstance doesn't determine faith. You've got to understand that today. And, and uh, you know, even last night, I, you know, Kelly and I, we, we, we go to bed fairly early. And, and, and so, you know, we're, we're sleeping the night at about 2 o'clock in the morning. Colin comes in and he's having a, a breathing attack or an asthma attack. I got thinking about this a while ago, and I remember uh, Caleb's always dealt with asthma, and so when, when, when Caleb was young and, and would have an asthma attack, I mean, I would go full-fledged panic mode. It scared me, and, and it can be a very scary thing, but so both of those boys have, have asthma in that capacity, and, uh, and they have a bad habit of letting their inhaler run out and then not getting one and staying ready, so I always say preparation meets opportunity, but when, when something's happening, that doesn't matter, and so... You know, Colin comes in last night and grabs me and said, I'm having an asthma attack. So I said, well, where's your treatment? And found the medicine anyway, and, and, and he was having a really hard time. But what I noticed as compared to 18 years ago or 24 years ago, there's not as much panic because we've been through it before. And sometimes in serving God and, and, and walking this out, what you'll discover is the enemy wants you to think this, is that when life is good, my faith is good. And if, if life is hard, many times we'll, we'll stop and think, well, something's wrong with us. And so, you know, there is a time to evaluate. There's a time for stewardship, and, and we constantly work on those things. But let me help you with something, church. Just because you're going through something doesn't mean something's wrong with you or God. And, and even in this time, and, and Amy, Amy you talked about it, I've been walking through stores and different places observing people because I always like to know where people are at so you can kind of hear the heart of God on what, where God wants to take them. And, and there's such a heaviness in the world today. Kelly and I were watching, uh, this, you remember the movie The Santa Claus? Uh, and now they got on Netflix the series The Santa Clauses, and it, it's Tim Allen and, and building on this process. But all this Christmas spirit had died. And, and it was kind of going away in his, the, the way that, and, and can I help you? I mean, it's just a movie. It didn't really happen. Come on. Santa Claus is real. Come on, somebody. I'm just kidding. Um, and so, so in the process, though, the Christmas spirit has kind of taken its toll on the, on the man who's carried this thing for 28 years uh, as the Santa Claus. And I just got to thinking, I was laying in bed thinking, I see that happening to people. They're going through things thinking something's wrong. But listen to me. You're, the things that you're facing in life is God's way of saying, hey, I'm still faithful, I'm still God, I'm still in control, and he's preparing us, come on, for something bigger. He's, he's preparing you for your next level. So, so if you're facing obstacles, that's okay, come on. God is still in control. Your faith is still alive, and faith continues to move. And so I read a scripture earlier in the week, and this, this kind of set me on this course this morning. Uh, in Jeremiah chapter 12, and, and if you go back and study the book of Jeremiah, which I recommend you, if you have time during Thanksgiving, just read about Jeremiah. He was a great prophet of God, and uh, he's the guy who God said in, in Jeremiah chapter 1, he, he's the guy that God said, I formed you in your mother's womb. And, and I've created you for a purpose, to build and to plant. All the, the scriptures that we grab hold to and say, oh, yeah, this is, this is God. And then, you know, th this is the guy that God said that to. I formed you in your mother's womb, and God commissioned him and set him up as a prophet to, to, to face uh, uh, the world in a very difficult time. And so Jeremiah spends the majority of his, his ministry not being able to see the results, 
that he that that you know that that God want, would like for His people to see because people were complaining, they were rebellious. He lived in a time even when when Israel was overtaken and Jerusalem was overtaken. I mean, he lived a very difficult life, but he understood the call that was on his life, and he understood the faith that God has given him. God said, I put my word in your mouth. And we all quote that scripture for us, but this is the guy that God said it to. That's powerful. So we're going to go back in history a little bit and look at this. And so Jeremiah has, has this thing. He's a prophetic voice in that time, and he's a type and shadow of Jesus, you know, t- teaching that there is a Christ that's coming. There is going to be a change someday, and, and he's prophesying all these things. And, and, and let me just read a couple, couple things after, out of uh, Jeremiah 1 there. And, and it's sleeting, so we got all day, right? Cowboys play at three. And we've been waiting 28 years for the Cowboys to get somewhere, and I'm starting to think it's not going to happen. So I'm just going to put my faith in Jesus this morning. Come on. But in Jeremiah, he says that. He says, And the word, word of the Lord came to me, saying, Behold, I formed you uh, uh, in the womb before I knew you. Uh, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet. I mean, this is the guy that, think about it. We quote that scripture for ourselves. This is the guy that God's talking to here. He says, but Lord, uh, uh, then in verse 6, he said, Then I say, Oh, Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say that I'm a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I'm with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand, touched his mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in, my, in your mouth. I've set this day over you, the nations and over the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. Now, those are some cool words right there. I've called you to, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. And it says in verse 11, we're going to stop right here. Moreover, the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to me saying, now who's talking to Jeremiah? The Lord. And so he said to him, Jeremiah, what do you see? And, and he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you've seen well, I'm ready to perform my word. Because that's what God does. God's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Listen, church, God is faithful to his word. And it's not based on, on a circumstantial base. It's not based on, hey, if things are good, my faith is good. And if things are bad, my faith is not as bad. Listen, faith is alive all the time. And the reason that it's alive all the time is because Jesus rose from the dead. And when you receive Jesus into your life, it's not like faith comes into you and leaves. Listen to me, we're all given a measure of faith. And when we take the faith that we've been measured and we begin to build on that, listen, from trial to trial, from battle to battle, from circumstance to circumstance, we grow every day in our walk with God. And so you, you've got to get this in your heart. So, so what the enemy tries to do, and John 10 says the enemy comes only to do what? The only reason he comes is to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I've given you life and given to you abundantly. So if, if we know that and we're facing obstacles that come only to try to kill our faith, steal our faith, destroy our faith, or destroy our our, our thinking or destroy our, 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 our mentality when we're facing circumstances, if that's all it takes, listen to me, then we might as well throw in the towel right there, but that's not how God designed it. He said, I've put my faith on you, listen to me, and in, in the faith of God, believing and speaking the word of God, the scripture says faith can move a mountain. We saw in scripture where little faith walked on water. 
Peter walks on water, goes to Jesus, ends up falling in the sea. But Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. After the guy just walked on water, little faith walked on water. And you look through the scriptures, and we have this thing because of the success uh, uh, as an American culture that we've been taught. Listen to me. We've been taught you got, it, 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 your faith is working. Everything is good when you're prospering. Everything seems like there's no obstacles. You have the big house, the white picket fence, the suburbia lifestyle, and, and you're able to go and do. And if we're blessed and prosperous, we're happy. Can I help somebody this morning? Or when I'm facing obstacles, then I'm going to be, then I'm just unhappy. Something's wrong with me. And, and, and I got into the, God, God began to stir this this week and said, you, you know, teach this. And so Jeremiah is, is a major prophet who, who God called to set up the coming of Jesus. He's a part of that. But go back, church, and let's read the Bible. Abraham had some tough times. Jeremiah had some tough times. Joseph had some tough times. Uh, Job had some tough times. Job asked God to kill him. Come on. How many have ever been there? So it'd be easier to die. But listen to me. All of those men had incredible faith on the inside, and they didn't even have Jesus living on the inside of them. They were living by, by the process. So Jeremiah came teaching that, that we need to repent for our sins, but he also, and that there is punishment for sin, but he also taught there's restoration for repentance. And so he didn't come blasting people's faith. And so we look at a guy like Jeremiah, listen to me, 626 years before Christ is when Jeremiah started his ministry. 626 years after the fall of the temple or, or when they took over Jerusalem, it was five, 586 uh, B.C. before Christ. It's going to mean something to you. God tells Jeremiah, you're here to root out. You're here to pull down. I'm prophet. God gave him all these words that he could base his faith on because he, got, he understood in order to face the battles that I'm about to face, but in order to face these, face these battles, I've got to know the call of God on my life. And when you know the call of God on your life, it centers you. So no matter what we face, good or bad, listen to me, we stay faithful to the call. So I'd like to tell you that Jeremiah got the word of the Lord. I blessed you. This prophetic word came. I blessed you. I formed you in your mother's womb. And Jeremiah did a rain dance, come on, and lived the rest of his life in victory and ate cake and turkey on things. I mean, turkey year-round, you know, and stuffing and dressing and pies. And, 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 you know, when he woke up, the angels sang and all these great things happened. And this, but that's not what happened in Jeremiah's life. Jeremiah was thrown into prison. Jeremiah was beaten. Jer the culture actually turned on him. Think about this. The culture turned on him. And, and, and claimed that he was a false prophet, and they started teaching a different, different uh, 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 theology. And so they were making fun of him. He got thrown in a cistern of mud, that, and, and the scripture says that it was up to his neck. A cistern, I mean, think about that. Anybody ever just jumped into a cistern or a well? He jumped into a well. It didn't have water in it, but it had a whole lot of mud, and it said that he couldn't even climb out of that. This guy went through some stuff. And so he didn't necessarily see, he was faithful to the call of God. So his faith wasn't based on circumstance where the times were good or times were bad. His faith was based upon the word of God that the Bible says that, G, uh, that God said, I put my words in your mouth. And so he comes out 626 years before Christ. He, he flows in his ministry. Think of it this way. It's really powerful. And in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5, it says this, and I'm not trying to be heavy, I promise, we're going to make you feel real good before you leave, okay? Uh, it's Thanksgiving week, and it's sleeting. Come on, God's going to bless you double there. 
Uh, but in Jeremiah 12, 5, and, and the book of Jeremiah is not really in chronological order, so you kind of got to go back and study. But my point is Jeremiah faced some stuff. Look at somebody and say, Jeremiah faced some stuff. Look at somebody else and say, I bet you're facing some stuff too. And, I, and I've learned that if you'll share your weaknesses, you'll share in weakness, then God will strengthen other people. Because when we're weak, he is strong. So we're not, we're not just teaching successes. We're not just teaching what we see. There's a pain, there's a process, there's a battle, there's a trial. There's things we face, economies shift, diseases come. Look at all the things we faced in the last couple of years. But listen, church, we're still alive today because of the faith that's on the inside of our hearts. We're still standing in faith. So listen to what God said to Jeremiah in, in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. It's really powerful. He said, if you've run with the footmen and they've wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses and in the land of peace? In which you were trusted, they wearied you. Then how, what, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? If you run with the footmen and they've wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? I mean, Jeremiah's whining. I mean, he, he's complaining. He, he's in a process of complaining to God about what he's going through. How many have ever been there? And God said, listen to me. If the footmen wearied you, then how are you going to run with the horses? And God's saying this, I didn't ask you to complain. I've called you to give thanks at all times in all circumstances because the battle you're in right now is preparing you for something bigger that God has for you to run with. And if you can't handle the, the footmen, if you can't run with those that are on foot, then how are we going to run with the horses? He said, if they wearied you, then, then, then how is that not going to weary you? So we quit looking at the circumstance we're going to. We, we grab hold of the call of God to follow Jesus that's on our life, and we stay focused on that. Three of you. Come on, somebody. Yes, sir. I said, you stay focused on that because what ends up happening is if all it takes is circumstance, good or bad, to talk you out of your faith or your calling, then you're going to stay discouraged and disgruntled. So sometimes when you're in a challenge, it's just, it's just you're there to run with that thing that's on the inside of you. And sometimes you've got to plow through. You've got to take the faith that's on the inside of you and say, hey, I can sit here and look at circumstance or I can do something, come on, that God's put on the inside of me to do, but I'm not going to, get, I'm not going to stray from the call that's on my life. Because it's in the calling and it's in the pressure. It's in, it's in the battle where you're developed into what God is preparing you for. I mean, you think about Pastor Walt 30 years ago. Miss Joanne could probably tell many stories of where his faith was then and where y'all's faith were, was at that point and where it is now when you look around and see the buildings and, and the seats. And aren't you glad there's a seat in here today for you? But there's a seat in here today because somebody stayed faithful to the call. And all of us, church, are called to stay faithful to Jesus. So maybe, maybe you're in a crunch. Maybe you're in a battle. Maybe, maybe, maybe financially you're dealing with some things. I'm here to tell you today, it's not about what we go through. It's about what we learn on the other side of it. And so the children of Israel, they would complain. You know, Jeremiah had his moments of complaining. The guy wrote the book of Lamentations. You ever read Lamentations? I mean, it's not pretty. Come on. And, and the lamenting and mourning and suffering. And, and I'm not here to preach suffering. I'm here to preach victory in Jesus. But, but if all it takes is a troubled moment to get us off course, then we're, then we're really headed in, a, headed in a direction of just, just confusion. Listen to me. And God is not confused. God doesn't tempt us with evil. God's not, not, not trying to harm us. The thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy the vision in your life. God is trying to get you where you're faithful. We're faithful in the least. Listen. We become rulers over months, Scripture says. Am I helping anybody today? So Jeremiah, I mean, we look at this great prophet, 626 years 
before Christ, Jesus comes. And if you go through the life of Jesus, you know he goes to the cross, he dies, he resurrects through this process. And in Acts chapter 1, think about this. All the people that plowed during the Old Testament for this one day and all these, all these hundreds and thousands of years, you could look at Jeremiah's life and say, man, that guy had no success. In Acts 1, it says that there's 120 people in a house. That's it. 120 Christians. After 600 years of, of, of when he came to when Jesus came. How many of you as Americans were looking at that and saying, man, that's not very good success. <laughs> right? I mean, you're talking about thousands of years and only 120 believers? Only 120 people saved? Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm not an expert on it, but if, but if I was building something just on natural success, I would look at that and say, man, that, that is not good. That's not good. Come on, somebody. I mean, if we're into church growth, that is, that is really, really bad. Come on. And, and, and th- no bueno. Come on, somebody. Yo quiero Taco Bell. I remember that. <laughs> I was watching this thing, commercials from the 90s yesterday. But think about it. 626 years from when Jeremiah came into the earth till Jesus came. Ministry really started about 580, strong 586, if you look at that. And then in Acts chapter 1, after Jesus raises from the dead, there's 120 Christians. And we look at that and think, failure, death, it's not working. You ever, you ever been believing for something? You look up six weeks later and saying, man, this ain't what I, I thought was going to happen. Because, see, success isn't based on the American version of suburbia. That came in the 50s. 150 years ago, we were still on horses lighting lanterns to be able to see at night. Are you with me here today? That came with a different pipeline dream. Success in the kingdom is based on a seed having to die. And if a seed has to die... What ends up happening? The scripture says that unless a a kernel of wheat goes into the ground and dies, it's just a seed. But you could take a kernel of wheat and put it in the ground, the scripture says. And Jesus was a seed. Jeremiah was a seed. His words were a seed. You go through the Old Testament, it's full of seeds. And for so long, it looked like there's no multiplication. There's no truth to what God's saying. That, you know, all these, all these prophets proclaim, but yet evil's in the world. And all the, you know, you're looking around thinking, this is confusing. But listen to me, God always has a plan. And if we're faithful to the call and the plan, then it's just a matter of time. It's not ours to determine when the harvest comes. It's not ours to determine when the breakthrough comes and where people miss it in life is they want to predict how the outcome is going to look. Then they get disappointed. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to somebody. They get disappointed and they think God didn't come through because we create our own illusion in our mind. But when we rise up in faith and say, wait a minute, the legacy of Jeremiah was that he was sowing a seed and paving a way for Jesus to come through a prophetic voice and he taught them to repent and they didn't. He taught them to change, and they didn't, but that's on them. Come on, somebody. But, he, but the seed wasn't Jeremiah. It was the Word of God, and the Word of God was, was in that moment through Jesus. It was a type and shadow of Jesus. And so from that point, from Jeremiah leading to Jesus coming, there had to be death in order to have spiritual success. And so Jesus was a seed, and when Jesus went into the ground, the seed died. And when the seed died, come on, there was divine multiplication. 
And so in Acts chapter 1, we're looking at the life of Jeremiah. We're looking, we're looking at the Old Testament, looking at all these things saying, man, it just failed. And listen to me, church, sometimes failure leads to the success God's calling you to. We think because something has to die or something has to fail or, or we're going through the process. Those are just processes of learning, but we stay faithful to the call. We stay faithful to the call. When circumstances tell you it's over, listen to me, usually God's just getting started. And that's not just a cute saying, that's a truth. Come on. And when things get difficult, listen, there's usually a breakthrough, come on, on the other side so that you can look back and say, that's at the moment of my life when God came through and was faithful. And so, so we, we, we look at the scripture that says, um, you know, when Abraham, when, when God provided the ram in the thicket, we look at that verse in that scripture and then we say, well, one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, which is true, which simply means what? That God provides. But that isn't what the scripture said. It said he called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son. But God provided a ram in, a, in a, the thicket so that his son didn't have to die. Come on, because that's what God does. He, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God doesn't do that to us. But he called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh so that when he looked back and remembered that place, it was a place in your life where God answered your prayer. It's a place in your life where God came through when circumstances look difficult, but come on, on the other side of that, God had a bigger plan. And so we trust in God. We trust our faith in that thing. And so in Acts, it's really powerful. In Acts, and you know, at least to that point, Acts 1, 15, there's 120 believers. And, and we look at that and think, well, that's, that, you know, that's kind of small after all these thousands of years. Jeremiah's life was failure and blah, 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 but that's not the case. Because the seed died. Because the seed died. And who's the seed? Jesus is the seed. It turned into something bigger. Can I read a scripture to you? Can I read a scripture to you? Uh, John chapter 12, verse 24 says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls in the ground and it remains only a single seed, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And, 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 and think about that. So, one seed without dying, just one seed. But a seed in the ground, it says once it dies, it creates many seeds. So all this is happening. We look up and think, boy, this thing has failed. 120 people believe. They show up together in a house, and the Holy Spirit fills them. And then, and then you, and, 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 and in Acts chapter 2, then you, but you also find where they go and preach. And in one day, over 3,000 souls came into the kingdom, more than any number in the history of man through Jesus. Are you with me? I mean, think about that. And you look up today and the gospel's all over the world. I mean, we're eating turkey today because the gospel got to America. Come on, somebody. Or Thursday. And so in this process, did Jeremiah fail? Did Jeremiah fail? No. He endured the hardship. He gave thanks in all circumstances. He, he rose up in faith. So just because it was hard doesn't mean it's not God. Come on, somebody. God always has something bigger, and he's taken it. Some of you are first-generation Christians. You might face some things today, but listen, maybe your children and your grandchildren are going to receive a blessing because of what God's doing on your life today. And we got to think bigger. This is a kingdom. Pastor Walt teaches it all the time that we're in the kingdom of God. And it's not about taking stuff with us. It's about taking people with us. Come on. And it's about the rewards and staying faithful to the call and in the moment. And so, but we've got to be willing to battle. If all it takes is a battle to set us off guard and distract us, then there's always going to be a battle because the thief comes to do what? 
He comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the only reason he comes. And so, so, so we've got to get a hold of that truth today so that we can walk that out. Now, some of you have been saved a long time. Some of you have been saved less than probably a week. Some of you might have been saved in the last six months. Listen, these are truths. Get a hold of the truth because it's the truth that makes you free. And, and, it, and it gives you the ability to having done all to stand, what's the scripture say to do? Stand. And so there's a time to stand on the word of God. It's not, it's not a time to run. And so I love the fact that, that, that you look at this life of Jeremiah and say, man, the pain he went through was worth it. And, and he learned to run with the footmen but he also learned to run with the horses. And, and I remember Pastor Walt saying here a while back, it's one, thing to, it's one thing to lead the weak, it's another thing to lead the horses. Come on. And I thought, man, I want to lead the horses. I don't, want, I don't want to lead the, I don't just want to lead the weak. That's easy. I want to lead the horses. We want to be a voice to the world. Come on, church. To our neighbors, to our state, to our schools, to our cities, to our hospitals, to other villages. A voice of truth, come on, that, that God establishes. And all it takes is those that are willing to say, hey, I'm going to be faithful to the call. And I'm willing, listen to me, I may, I may have gotten wearied in the past for running with the footmen, but I've strengthened myself in the Lord. And because I've strengthened myself in the Lord, I'm getting ready to run with the horses. Listen to me, and, and, and our senior pastor is a horse, I'm telling you right now. He ain't a footman, he's a horse, come on. I ain't, we ain't got time to settle down. We ain't got time to stop. We ain't got time to shift and cry over our spilled milk. Come on, somebody. I always love it, Pastor Walt. And, and, I, and I try not to say too much because there's leader times as a pastor, and then there's these, but, you know, people be going through stuff, and he'll tell me, hey, they may have to lick their wounds for a little bit. They'll, they're going to overcome it. They're overcoming, and it's okay. If you're here today and you're licking some wounds, listen to me. The grace of God is here to help you do that. Maybe we need to, maybe you're in that time, or maybe you're in a time of lamenting or mourning or those kind of things. But we stay faithful to the call in that process. We stay faithful to the call in that process. I, 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 one of the things that's so powerful in this is, is that we've learned that faith is not circumstances, it's not based on circumstances. Faith in God is constant, it's continual, it's consistent. You give me a consistent faith person, somebody that just consistently walk in faith. You know, and a lot of times we get lost in the hype of, oh, we hope this hype thing happens, and, and then if it does, it does, and if it don't, it don't, and we over-spiritualize stuff. We don't have to over-spiritualize because we are a spirit. We stay faithful to the call. We let God perform his word. We take the burden. The enemy tries to put the burden on you, the burden of pain, the burden of, of hopelessness, the burden of carrying the load, and you feel like you're carrying the load for everyone else. And God said, I didn't call you to do that. I called you to remain faithful. And if you remain faithful and his, and, and his word abides in your heart, the Bible says there'll be fruit on your life. He didn't call us to bear the load. Sheep weren't created to carry burdens. He called us to proclaim his name unto death. That's why we receive communion. Proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Why? Proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Why? Because that's where the seed is. That's where the seed is. So every time, listen, you leave here today and you're facing a hard time and, or you're facing a battle, you're facing a trial, you're facing something that's trying to kill the vision that's on the inside of you that comes only to kill the vision. Instead of, instead of letting circumstances or people or things run your life, and, and the enemy will try to do that, proclaim the seed. 
Proclaim the Lord's death. Proclaim the seed. Am I helping anybody this morning? Because unless a seed dies, it can't multiply into many. And you can sit here and multiply your problems in your mind. Or if we're facing something, we just throw all that, cast all our cares aside. Cast our burdens aside and say, wait a minute, I don't have time for that. But what I do know is that Jesus went to the cross for me. That Jesus went to the ground for me. That in that moment, death went to the, that death was defeated because of the seed that had to die. But it doesn't stop there. The good news is, church, the seed died, but he also rose again. And when he rose again, come on, we have the ability to proclaim in thanksgiving. And he multiplies us into many. And so you may have many problems, but it's just a matter of time when you, when you shift back to remain faithful to the calling of following Jesus, to the call that's on your life, where all those problems will begin to turn into something bigger. And you'll look back and say, yeah, I remember I went through that. Come on, Jehovah Jireh showed up. That was a Jehovah Jireh place in my life. I remember, I remember when, when we went through this and it looked like, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it tomorrow? And Jehovah Jireh place showed up in our life. And so we learned faith is constant. Come on, somebody. Faith is constant. And so I want to bring you out of that just for a second into this, this one thought. That again, it's not circumstantial, circumstantial base. I do talk for a living. Come on. And I want you to remember, faith is not based good or bad. Faith is constant, and it's based on the Word of God. And so what you see, what you say, what you do, they're important. And, and, and in this process, so, so we're living in this, this state of look at, quit looking at its circumstances or how bad it is and start looking at how good God is and how he's been faithful. Come on, all these years, all these thousands of years, how he's moving in people's life. I read a story about a, a, a couple when, when Hitler came into the, uh, Holland and different areas there in the, into the Nazi camps and started that whole process and there was a family that wanted to help people and they had a Bible and so they, in Holland they brought all these people, they were, they were bringing them in as refugees into their home and, and uh, you know, trying to help as many people as possible and, and they looked up and uh, somebody ended up complaining on them and they ended up all getting captive, the family got separated and these two sisters ended up in an all women's prison camp they were able in that process to take a Bible with them. And so when they got to this place, they would be taken out during the day and they were beaten, they were tortured. I mean, they, they said, if we explain to the things that we went through, Betsy and Corey were their name. They said, if we explain the things we went through, it would just, it would mess you up. So, you know, they would just say, just so you know, it was hard. But one of them got a hold of this one principle, which said, give thanks in all circumstances. And, and they started standing on that word. Well, when they got into their bunkhouse, it was filled with fleas. I mean, fleas everywhere. You ever been in a, walked in a room and there was fleas? Come on, it's West Texas. Some of you got dogs. You probably got fleas in your house today. And uh, Rex Pest Control could fix that for you. But, but we're in this process. They're in this process. We do commercials here at the Life Church. And so they're in this, this process, and the, these fleas are so bad, and everybody's complaining about the fleas, and all these things are happening. And, and so Corey says to Betsy, hey, I'm thanking God for the fleas. And she said, well, you're out of your mind. I'm, I'm going crazy because of these fleas. She said, this Lord said, give thanks in all circumstances, not when the fleas show up. You don't quit when the, when the fleas show up. Give, give thanks in all circumstances. And so 
you know, they're itching and going through this process. But the beauty of the story is this, is because the fleas were so bad in that women's camp, the guards stayed away. And, and because the guards stayed away, they were able to start having Bible studies in this women's camp. And the entire unit ends up giving their lives to Jesus and, 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 and getting a hold of the word of God. And many of them didn't make it through the process, but the seed of the word of God, come on, went forth. But if they had just based their faith of if things are good, and I never face a battle. Come on, that, 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 wasn't, the, that wasn't the mindset. Their faith was constant in the, in the journey. Give thanks in all things and in all circumstances. And they even overcame the fleas to reach a soul for Jesus. Come on, somebody. But the fleas kept the guards away. So can we find beauty in the ashes? Can we find, can we find hope in the hurt? Can we find something we can hold on to? And not let go and run the race that God set before us. In Jeremiah, he tells, he tells Jeremiah this. He says, what do you see? We're going to end right here. He said, what do you see? Jeremiah says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. And Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I see it. And I said, I see an almond branch. I see a branch in an almond tree. The Lord said to me, you've seen well for I'm ready to perform my word. How many of you want God to perform his word today in your life? God's ready to perform his word, but you've got to see it. And if you'll see it today, something's gonna, something can shift. Something can, can shift in your mind and in your spirit in a whole new direction today. Listen to me. I believe God wants to help set you free from some circumstances today. Stand to your feet with me. I believe God wants to touch some things in your life but what do we see? We've got, to, we've got to look at the big picture today. So if you're here today, every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, I've been facing some things. It's Thanksgiving week. I want to give you thanks in all things, all circumstances. But I've been letting circumstances beat me down. And I'm talking to somebody today. If that's you, raise your hand this morning. Because God wants to help you today. Listen to me. I want to pray for you. If you have your hands up, come down here today and meet me right here. I'm right here with you. My hand's up too. Come on. Give them a hand as they come this morning. Listen to me. We're doing it. We're doing God's got something bigger. Listen to me. He's got something bigger, and he's ready to perform his word. He's ready to perform his word. Come on, let's bring something real lively. Real, real, real lively, not the minors. And, 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 and God wants to do something here. Let's fill this with life. Lift your hands to heaven. Come on right here. Father, we thank you today for your word. We believe today that you're faithful to your word, that, that, that you have something bigger. You have something, Father God, that's, that, that's purposed. And Father, it's not based on circumstance. We declare today that circumstances come and go. Problems come and go. Obstacles come and go. But you're constantly faithful to your word. And Father, we ask you to, to stir faith today. Stir them in a new direction. Something, something bigger, Father. But just because it looks bad doesn't mean it is bad. Sometimes it's what God's doing something in you to develop you into the next phase. And I tell the staff all the time, nothing's as bad as it looks, it looks like it is or as good as it looks like it is. It's all in, that's all perspective. But what do you see today standing here about your God? We sang it a while ago that, that with God, all things are possible. Do you see possibility today? I want you just to see possibility today. I want you to see healing today. I want you to see things breaking out in a whole new direction today. And so you're not leaving here defeated. We're not going in to, to celebrate, come on, the ability to thank God this week, the ability to freely thank God this week. We can't do that defeated. 
God has something better. Listen to me. I believe there's some things in our life. Listen, not only did Jesus die to self, but I believe there's some things in our life that we need to die to self. Sorry. And the more that we, we, we embrace that, the, 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 the greater that, that seed becomes. Flesh produces flesh. Come on. But spirit produces spirit. He said, I see an almond branch. Jesus, uh, God said, you've seen well. Listen to me. See, Jesus is the answer this morning. Say this with me, Jesus. I set my heart on you. I declare today that you died for the sins of many, for the problems of many. But in your resurrection, all the answers I need line up with your word. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to, to speak your word, to see your word, to do your word, to stand on your word, to be your word. And I take my mind off of me today and I set my mind on you, Lord. I set my heart on you. I set my face like flint, which means you're not gonna be swayed one way or the other. The storms that I face this, that I face it in life, do not dictate the faith that's in my heart. I stand on your word. I stand on your word. And I proclaim and declare, victory is mine. Hope is mine. The future is mine. And my struggles, they belong to you, Lord. My burdens, they belong to you, Lord. And I give them to you today. And I stand in joy. And I'll give thanks in all times, in all circumstances, in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning. Get a hold of that. Listen, get a hold of that. And, and when you leave here today, realize, listen to me. You're going to like this. If it wouldn't have been for a big old white whale, Moby Dick would have been a boring fishing story. That's not in the Bible. Come on. But I want you to get a hold of that this morning. Struggles create stories, and stories give us the opportunity to brag about Jesus. Amen. And so your story, you got a story, Bert. You got a story here. I just sense that out there. There's some of you, you're going through some things. Maybe you didn't come down here, but you got some things happening that are going to create a story. And that story is going to create seed, and that seed's going to create people coming to Jesus. Listen to me, stories create momentum for Jesus. So that's why the scripture says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But something, God wants to do something in that. Listen, if it wouldn't have been for the empire, Luke Skywalker would have been just floating around in space. Come on. I'm trying to help some of you millennials. Come on. I don't even like Star Wars, but I'm saying that for you. Listen, God wants to do something. Listen, we have to see it. We have to say it. We have to do it. And we continue to take the steps. Listen, we're not going, like Pastor Huck says, we're not going home with, with a moan. We're going out with a shout. Come on. And there may be sleet on the ground or sleet in the air, but there's victory on the inside of your heart today. And I just declare this week, God's got some special moments. Father, give us windows. Give us new ideas, new moments, new hope, new life, Father. And we stand on that today. And we thank you that we are connected to your purpose. And we're here to praise your name, Father. And we lift you up. Let every story, Father, bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's sing this morning.